Jack's Tech Talks. Passionate about technology. YouTuber, geek, tech head, internet personality. Here you will find a variety of podcasts talking about the coolest products on the planet. From the newest smartphone to surprising gadgets and technology you never knew existed. It's all here on Jack's Tech Talks. Back on the podcast, I'm here today with Steve. Uh, how is, how's it going? It's going really well, thank you very much. And we're going to be talking about electric cars. So we're here today in Fleet in the canteen. Uh, we've all got our drinks. Yeah, we're all t- charged up. All charged talking up. of charged up. Talking of charged talk up. Yes, yeah. electric so, cars. So who's in favour of electric car here? Me. Absolutely, definitely. Yeah. Yep. Yes, I am as well. I'd like to see the... Um, mileage increase i do a lot of miles in my car well, some of these do about 300 miles I'm so miles i'm interested to, to hear what's got to, you know what everybody's talking about so so let's go to steve so so average car charge and how long now are they i'm sure sure they're over 300 miles now yeah they are the hmm. market has changed phenomenally in the uh, eight or nine years that i've been driving evs which was pretty much in its infancy when i started my first one had a 60 70 mile range yeah. uh, and took uh, around two two and a half hours to charge uh, my latest one that's being delivered on friday is ford uh, it's got a 350 mile range and will give you an 80 percent charge in 18 minutes or something of that order do, do, uh, do you have like far can you use a fast charging points at like the petrol stations it's interesting a lot of pe- charging points aren't at petrol stations they're at places that you want to go yeah. but you're spending time so town centre car parks um, supermarkets and so on but there are some at, uh, at petrol stations uh, Shell and BP are two of the market leaders in fact in, in terms of rolling theirs out as well I know um, BP did a big thing um, I think it was BP was announcing they'll be trying charging points throughout the whole of, whole of their stations this is going back about a year ago and then Shell was annoyed that they got that in. No, I think it was Shell actually. And then as BP got annoyed, they didn't get theirs in there as well. And there's going to be a big increase very soon on that. And I also notice now they're actually at some pubs have got um, charging points. That's right. People like Marston's and a couple of other pub players have got them uh, throughout uh, throughout their chains. Uh, one of the big pub chains, Marston's, has got them at about a hundred locations. I think that's going to grow to two hundred locations across the country this year. Um, you're going to see them in all sorts of places. Starbucks, Costas, um, some of the independent chain, uh, stores as well. And it won't be long before we see them actually on, on the high street as well. You may well, mm. yeah, that's quite likely. One thing that I was concerned about is, I mean, you're talking about this and where we will see them, where we will see them, where they probably are, but a petrol station is almost on every corner. So if you're my kind of mindset, you don't think about it, you think, oh, I need a bit of fuel. Where, where do you get the list from to tell you where to go? First of all, a lot of the, um, the electric cars have sat-nav built in, and that will generally tell you where the charging points are. But the market's changing very quickly. There are new charge points being delivered daily. Not just the, the fast charges, as they're called, but the ultra-rapid high-performance charging as well. So your car sat-nav is good, but there's, a, there's an interesting uh, app that you can get called ZapNap, Z-A-P, Map. And that, that seems to be the market leader at the moment. If you want to find out where there's a charge point, have a look on that. And you can see where they are. Where they are. There are more charge points than there are petrol stations now. Well, do you know what? So that's a fantastic thing that you've just said there, which has kind of increased my enthusiasm hugely, because I know what I am. I'm a little bit of a flippity-jibbit when it comes to that kind of stuff. 
And I don't know what you said there. I think, oh, okay. And you can have them at home. Don't you get your car and you get it at home or something. Yeah, if you've got off-street parking and you can put a charge point in at home, that's the way to do it. Because then you can get electricity for 2 or 3p a kilowatt. Um, it'll work out so cheap to run your car. About a quarter or even a tenth of the price of buying diesel, nasty, smelly stuff. Or, or petrol, those horrible fossil fuels that we're, we're going to be weaned off, whether we like it or not, by 2030. Because the government won't let you buy a petrol or diesel car after 2030. No, no, they was talking about that, wasn't they? Just banning the, the diesel cars first before then petrol, slowly sort of wean people off. Because yeah. you get more and more vehicles coming out, a lot more manufacturers are now producing electric cars, um, Porsches as well. So not just your normal cars, your fancy cars as well. So I noticed you said you were about to take delivery of a car. And you mentioned the, the model of it and everything. There must be, based on Jack's point, a whole variety of different models to choose from. How, what made you decide on your one? Uh, I'm very fortunate that I change my car quite frequently. So I tend to buy a new car every 6 to 12 months. And I take advantage of the new, new technology. Um, I had my current car on Audi for, for just a year. Um, and I'm able to sell it for almost what I paid for it. Uh, and it's, it's working out really cheap motoring. And I've gone for the Ford because of uh, its range. I, I know Fords are really reliable. Uh, it's quite a cool car as well. I think it's the new Ford Mustang. Oh, wow. So, we'll see. Know, what colour so we see you driving around? Bright blue. Right, OK. Uh, but the, the thing is, the specification on it is really good. The price point is good. It's a Ford. What would you expect? Um, and the performance is, is electric. Sorry. <laughs> Fun there. I'm interested to know... And I might be asking a completely daft question here. But That's why we're here, Roger, okay. because we're like the um, non-pundit people today. Okay, so you get to the last bit of charge and you're th- thinking, oh, I'm, I'm going to run out. What, what happens to the car? Does it literally just stop? Normally you run off the sat-nav and the sat-nav will warn you, won't get to your destination, but sometimes it'll say, here's a charging point for you. You're right, That's, that's what will happen. What happens with your petrol car or diesel at the moment? It stops, doesn't it? <laughs> it stops, mm. yeah. It's no different. Mm. And the range is pretty similar as well. But you get a lot more warning. With a petrol or diesel, they tend to be quite vague when they're getting empty. Mm-hmm. So you tend to fill up when you've probably got 30, 40, 50 mile range left. With an electric car, you can run it pretty much down till it says you've got three miles left. And you know that's fairly genuine. Right. I wouldn't advise doing that. I'd, I'd fill up a little bit sooner. But the other thing is... With a petrol car, you've got to get to a petrol station or a diesel station. With an EV, you can plug it in to a three-pin socket. Pretty much any, any three-pin domestic socket. It'll charge very slowly, but you can just plug it in and then get five, ten miles of extra range to get you to a fast charger or a rapid charger. So it's actually a lot more flexible. And it's not the days of old where the, the charging stations were every hundred miles. Now they're really frequent. So you seriously, you can like run an adapter from your normal household plug? Yeah, when you buy a car, you normally get that as a standard feature. Then you can upgrade to the fast charging point, which then you have it installed on the outside of your house and a, a different lead. Well, you see, we've just learned something there. Yeah. You can just plug your car into your electric at home. Yeah, go around and visit your friends. Do you mind use your plug for a minute? <laughs> plug in. Yeah, they think it's for your mobile phone yeah. if you're, no, it's for your car. There was a TV, that TV, famous TV show on now, uh, Amazon has now. They kind of got a guy with electric cars and kind of like say, right, you could tour around and they was finding places to plug in and charge with. 
they did a, I think one of them almost ran out, went to university and plugged in there for a bit. Yeah, you can do that. The thing to bear in mind is if you're plugging into a three-pin socket at home, you'll get, for every hour you're plugged in, you'll get something like 10 miles of range, which isn't okay. very much. Yeah. So it's like, it's basically a plaster to help you out and to get to the decent place. Yeah, and if you've got off-street parking at home and you can put, put um, a, a, a fast charger, so-called, uh, on your wall at home, which the government will give you a grant that pretty much covers roughly half the cost, if you can get one of those in your, in your home, then a full charge will probably take around eight hours. Okay. And if you, uh, buy, if you buy a car as well, they also they can put a charging point at your business premises if they allow them to as well. Yes, yeah, so let's go back to like buying one. So somebody like Roger and I walk into a garage where you can buy an electric vehicle, an EV, mm-hmm. um, and then what happens next? You probably um, scream at the salesman who doesn't know much about them. Because at the moment, <laughs> I, this is through experience... Um, most of the salespeople in most of the dealerships still aren't familiar with uh, with EVs and they're still paid more commission to sell a fossil fuel yeah. vehicle. So there's a lack of knowledge and a lack of desire to sell a lot of EVs. Um, and there's still quite a lot of misinformation out there. But if you put that aside and, and you do a little bit of research online, uh, if you can do that, or talk to some owners, and most EV owners are, are, are evangelists for the whole concept, then... You can very quickly learn what you need to learn, which is that moving to an EV is like moving to a nicer, quieter, better performing car, because they are. They're generally faster, they're quieter, their acceleration is better, they're smoother, they're easier to drive. And they're the same to drive, um, but like an automatic. You don't have gears in an EV. Okay. So some people still say, well, I like my geared cars because I like the control. Well, I'm sorry, that, that's so last century, in my opinion. Um, we'll all be driving automatics before long, uh, or no gears. And again, that's something I didn't know, did no, you? No, I didn't know that. I thought you just drove an electric vehicle and it had gears. I just didn't even think that that wasn't a thing. It doesn't need a gearbox because motors, the amount of, amount of amps you put in it is as fast as they go. You can outburn a uh, motor. But they, they're quite robust, how much ampage you put through, more speed. Yeah. They're oh. so much more reliable yeah. because there's only really one moving part. So um, they're, they're much more pleasurable to drive, but it's, it's what's called two-pedal driving. You've got the accelerator and the brake. And actually, you don't even need to take the, use the brake for that much because when you lift off the accelerator, the car will actually slow down much more, almost like putting on the brake directly. But I feel a little bit anxious about driving like that. I think you need, we need to go on a little test drive or Have something. Have you driven an automatic, though? Uh, yeah, my mum's got an automatic. Oh, right. I drive hers sometimes. Some of her. the cars, when you say you decelerate, it turns the priority of the motor around and it puts charge back in your battery. Yeah, it does. Free Look power. at you two. Free power. If you think about it, do get a motor, take, mm. take two, two little cables off of it, put it on a light bulb. If you run it one way, it's, it's, a, natural, yeah, it's a generator. Yeah. I but failed physics O-level <laughs> twice. Well... Do you know, that's one of the things, the more you talk about it and the more you learn about it, actually the more complex it sounds. And that's why I think if you, uh, if you actually go down and, and go to any of the dealers that sell them and take one out for a test drive or ask a friend who's got one and go for a test drive, you'll find it's just not an issue. It's simple, easy and just lovely. And you're just wondering why people haven't taken it up even more. 
I'm I'm stunned. Um, I think a lot of people just got to go. Oh, yeah, but if I run out, where am I going to get charged from? It doesn't, doesn't go very far. You know, don't get very many many miles out of it. So they don't actually research it. Like you're, like you're saying well, exactly like having Steve and you're talking to us about this now I, I'm kind of feeling a bit like you but less of an evangelist version but wanting to inquire more so thank you for coming to talk to us with that I, I think another tip as well is work out your average weekly mileage then you know type of car to go for because if you're only if you're doing less than 300 so let's say if you're doing 250 miles a week mm. then a car travels 350 miles you only need to charge it once a week yeah mm. yeah in the early days with EVs most people plugged them in every time they stopped the car hmm. because you almost needed to because the range was so, so short. Nowadays, um, my wife plugs her car in about once every three weeks. And I think the other thing is people worry about, oh, it's not eco-friendly, but five years' time or a couple of years' time now, we turn on to nuclear power for the UK. Yeah, most of the power hmm. for EVs comes from, uh, from wind or solar yep. now. Um, they're very green. It doesn't come from anything else. And there's discussion on other... Uh, forms of power like people will say oh, I'm not going to get an EV now I'm going to wait for hydrogen because hydrogen's the next thing sorry that is never going to happen they've tried they've even done it in drones it's kind of kind of technology's there but not not like electric not like your battery you can't not, beat that you're not going to have the distribution system for for hydrogen bearing in mind hydrogen is, is explosive mm. if mixed with uh, with air um, you need hydrogen tanks and all that sort of stuff. It's yeah, it, it's very inefficient to convert water and uh, electricity to get the hydrogen and then turn it back into water again. Really inefficient compared to creating electricity from solar, from wind, from nuclear, um, and then using that directly and storing it in batteries. You may not be aware, but in Oxford now, they've now got one of the largest battery farms in the world, it, it, it's um, just on the outskirts of, um, uh, of Oxford, and it does what's called grid balancing, because the, the grid generates um, the, the power grid in the UK generates a lot of extra power when it's not used overnight, for instance, with wind power. So now they start ch- storing that in the battery farm, and then when there's a peak of demand, for instance, at 7:30 in the morning or 7:30 at night when Coronation Street comes on. And they, they actually draw that out of the batteries. Now, with EVs, people say, oh, there, there's not enough power to go around. There is. And actually, an EV car is part of the solution. Because when it's plugged in, the newest technology actually will use your EV to store electricity and then feed it back to your house or the grid. And actually means that instead of being the problem, they're actually part of the solution to provide that grid balancing. That I remember that come out a little while ago when I was talking about like, using the electric cars while well, they're still charged. If there's a peak in power, they can just draw it. By the morning you wake up, it'll still be fully charged. Yeah. It's lovely to watch you two talking about this. You can see the sparkling and the passion between, not you two, obviously, but how you feel about the subject. Just the energy with it. Yeah, geek one and geek two. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, there was, um, Roger and I are sitting here going, really? I have another <laughs> daft question. Can I yeah, put yeah. it forward? Yeah, yeah go yes. for it, yeah. A life expectancy of an electric car. Yeah. How long? It's not a daft question at all because a lot of people who are familiar with their mobile phones and the batteries on a mobile hmm. phone, if you get out more than two years out of it, you're doing well. Mm. It's yeah. a different technology that goes in EVs. And part of the reason for that is the batteries are cooled. The actual motor is typically designed to last 20 years. The battery is designed to last 20 years. Most of them have a warranty for about 8 to 10 years. 
but it, the life of uh, an EV battery is around 20 years, which is longer than the life of your petrol or diesel engine. Mm. Not only that, but at the end of that, they can be fully recycled. But there's a second life in uh, what's going to be a very developing market, home storage. Because I was talking about the battery storage using your car um, or using grid storage um, of batteries. Actually, there's a, there's a developing market to take uh, 10, 20-year-old EV batteries and use them in batteries that you can have in your house to do exactly the same task. That's, that's going to be a growing market over the next few years. I can suddenly see the point of what we're aiming towards now, beginning to, beginning to have a light bulb moment. Yeah, you'll, you'll draw power off, um, off the grid if you've got your EV plugged in or you've got a battery pack at home. You'll draw your power off the grid at night when there's a surplus of power. During the day where there's industrial use of the power, etc., um, it, it'll, it'll be fed off the grid. So it, it'll be much balanced, and that's where you're actually getting the fact that there's a, enough power to go around. And if you talk to the power companies today, they'll say there isn't a need or um, for more capacity in the grid. Part of the reason being so many of us have uh, reduced our energy consumption, going for LED lights and things like that. There's a lot of extra power that there wasn't just 10 years ago. So I might have a silly question then. So how much does it cost to service uh, an electric vehicle and how much does it cost to buy them to start with? Are they more expensive? Yeah, they are more expensive. They're, they're typically, if you want to do an outright purchase on one, they can be 20, 30% more, more expensive than an equivalent petrol or diesel. Okay. That can tend to put people off. The running costs are where it tips the balance in favour of an EVs. First of all, your cost per mile will be about a quarter of what it is on a typical petrol or diesel car. So you'll come down from maybe 15, 20p a mile to probably around 5p a mile. So that, that's number one. At the moment, if you drive into London, you've got the congestion charge, um, other high costs like that. You don't have those on an EV, although I'm sure at some point in the next three to five years, they'll start bringing those in. Losing some revenue. Yep, they're losing yep. too much revenue. The servicing costs are dramatically lower. I had my wife's Hyundai serviced. It's just an annual checkover on the EV because there's actually pretty much nothing to service. They just check the brakes and the air conditioning, and it was £70. Um, with a petrol car, you're lucky if you get away with less than probably £300. Mm -hmm. um, your road tax at the moment is zero. Um, so the overall running costs, if you consider you buy a car for three or four years, probably is going to be broadly similar. And the real thing that helps is a lot of cars today are, are bought on a private lease, a PCP or whatever it's called. And if you look at the PCP costs for an EV and an equivalent petrol, whether it's a Mini or a Hyundai or a Ford or something like that, you're probably paying about £100 a month more, and you gain that £100 in reduced running costs. So your overall cost is about the same. And the other thing, you don't have to worry about oil changes and putting water and do I have, to, have I got um, antifreeze to put in that because the weather's coming up and things like that. Don't have to worry about. Yeah. Must, oh, I suppose not. And, yeah. and, and what about the MOT? Does it have an MOT? Yeah. yeah. 
Okay. But it's a really simple one because there, there is, there's none of the emissions to check. Tire kick in and all just that. Just general so. indicators. Yeah. It's tires, a wipe of work. In, yeah, know. tires, brake suspension. Yeah. I'm off to buy one bad for you. I know. I think Roger, we ought to go as a mm. like end user. And you can people. you can convert your old car to electric car because there is some places around Wales that there's guys kind of do that as well. There's oh. some specialists that do that, yeah. but that's a lot of money to do that. Yeah, I imagine little. it would be. But if you've got an old car you love, that's when you can kind of still do it. You've probably heard of Teslas. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Teslas are one of the leading companies. I mean, Elon Musk, is, who, who runs the company, has done some amazing things. They have tremendous performance. Um, you can actually get a crashed Tesla and build the engine from it, the motor and the batteries, into your normal, formerly petrol car. And, and there is a market, as Jack said, to, to do that. But you might be talking ten, twenty thousand pounds, maybe even more, to do that, and it needs to be professionally done to do yeah. to do it properly. But you could then get something like that old Jag that's just driven down the uh, the high street. You could convert that to uh, um, to an electric, and you'd have a uh, an old petrol Jag that is slightly anorexic, but with an electric Tesla motor in it, did 0 to 60 in about two and a bit seconds. Oh, I can see some people finding that very appealing. People who find it appealing and people who can afford it, the combination will be <laughs> interesting. There's lots of YouTubers that when they convert their old cars, there's a mini, uh, I think it might have been one of um, Colin Furs. He took, a, the motor was only about that big, he had two of them, and that was enough to power the mini and do like 100 miles on it. So Gosh. the motor's not massively big, but it's convert- you've got to have some skills to take the engine out, strip certain bits back, and then have it all bolted yeah. in, find a place to put the batteries. You're going to lose boot space as well. I think Roger and I will just go to the garage, won't we, and have a little look round as opposed to do conversions on our cars. And you can lease them now as well, because one of my friends just had his car released. He was looking at going electric, but he's gone back to petrol for the moment. So next year he'll change his to a electric on his lease. Yeah, I'd, I'd highly recommend trying to get out in one if you can to have bigger boots now. Okay. Um, Oh, that's another thing I hadn't even thought about. When you say now, there wasn't before. The design, uh, the early EVs were built on the same basic floor pan, the same designed car. Um, But instead of fitting a normal petrol engine or a diesel engine, they fit an electric motor and found somewhere for the batteries. The ones that are coming on the market now, like the Volkswagen ID3, Hyundai's, and most of the car, the new cars on the market, are designed from the ground up to be electric vehicles, and they're packaging them much more efficiently. So they tend to have a flat floor; they don't have the bumps in the floor for the gearbox and transmission. Yeah, because normally when they put the floor panel together on a normal car with normal manufacturers, it's done in quite a few different pieces that's welded together. Now Elon Musk uses what he's called these uh, big bench presses kind of things it presses the chassis in one module one go makes it more stronger and then he, then he lays his batteries kind of built into the floor kind of thing so it's more stronger batteries kind of more hidden away so you still have all the extra boot space things like that as well one of the things i really love is if you look at the cars going up and down the high street um, you used to really spot the evs because they designed them to be different different yeah that's a good <laughs> word that's not the word i was going to use quirky <laughs> quirky um, but now you almost can't tell the difference. You are, you're right there, actually. I was going to say that when you said the word ID, I saw that on the back of um, somebody's car. I thought, what's that? Because it looked like a normal, sorry to say it, normal car. Golf. Yeah, golf. Yeah, exactly. But it had that, I didn't know what that meant. You know you know what the diesel bit or the yeah. petrol or whatever is. And I thought, what's that about? Yeah, so but you, you noticed it. And, and that's another thing that you find. That, um, one of the things that 
some people who haven't driven an EV say, well, yeah, you, it's great. You're talking about driving a quiet car. Mm. That's dangerous, isn't it? Because people will step out in front of you. Well, I've got two, two things I'd say to them. First of all, do you step in front of bicycles? Well, if you do, you're likely to get hurt. But actually, most people will tend to look. But all EVs now have a little sound generator which has to project forward a, a little noise it tends to be a futuristic hum, but it could be anything. Um, so they actually do make a little noise. They've got this noise generator in them so that pedestrians, particularly if, if you're partially sighted, mm. um, you, you can tell that there's a vehicle coming up. And they have to do that up to 20 miles an hour. Above 20, the tyres still make a bit of noise and the air rushing past makes a bit of noise. But when you're inside the car, they're beautifully refined and quiet. You can hear yeah. your music more clarity then. <laughs> it is a whole new world, isn't it? I think, you know, you've, you've cleared up a lot of things in my head and helped me understand things I didn't know about before. As a, as a like, ballpark, middle-of-the-road car of an EV, what one would you think would be a good one to get? Um, that's such a difficult question because, <laughs> you know, it, it's a bit like just saying, what car should I get? Well, so, for instance, um, you know, the young ones would always get a little car and they have that mm-hmm. certain type of style. And then as you get older, you probably might get that Jag or something more solid and stable. If you're kind of the middle part of your driving and you're used to driving and you want to re- want venture into EV I think world. the younger people go probably for the Nissan and Zoe because that's very much affordable car aimed at the young people. Okay. That seems to be quite popular on the roads. Yeah, um, People will still buy the size of car they that won't. suits them. I think the, the standard car that probably is going to be the big seller, it's not going to be the Tesla, which is at the top end of the market. It's not going to be the Porsche that was mentioned earlier on. Um, it's not going to be the little Renault Zoes and things at the bottom end. It's going to be the cars that are like the Volkswagen Golf, um, the, uh, the Kia Nero, um, Skoda. I mean, most of the manufacturers now are coming out with EV models. And it's, it's the same sort of size of car, same sort of choice. And it's the same sort of way that they would make one type, they would make this type. So yes. it's your preference in that level. And like you said earlier, the amount of miles it can cover in one charge, if that's important to you. Yeah, I think the range is going to be the real deciding factor. Mm. Honda released a lovely little car. It's really cute, um, the, the Honda E. Um, it's, it's reasonably priced. I think it's about £16,000, £18,000. Um, from that, like the Renault Zoe, maybe a bit more than that actually for the Honda. But its range is only 140 miles. That, to me, is too low. I personally would advise it, um, no one to get something, ideally, that d- had less than around 220-mile range. Because it's very rare that you do a journey of more than 200 miles without stopping for 20 minutes, half an hour for a coffee and a, a comfort charge. break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, comfort break. And, and while you're doing that, you can get a charge. If you can stretch to one that's got 300 to 350 miles, even better. But then you are paying probably, um, at the moment, around 30,000, 40,000 pounds. Um, that will come down in another year or two. Every, every year, we've got new and new vehicles coming out. Mm. And as it changes, again, like say, price will come down. Because they, they want to encourage people to swap the cars. Yeah. They might even do a scheme that they did before, scrapping your old car for an electric car. You just don't know what's going to come out in the next couple of years. I, I would say one thing, that one piece of advice I'd give you. Um, personally, don't buy a hybrid. 
No, they're cheating. Okay. They're cheating because it's not. That, that's pro- a bit of both, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because with hybrid, you've got the electric motor, you've got the batteries, although not very many, <laughs> and you've got a petrol or diesel tank, and you've got an engine. So you're actually carrying around a load more gubbins. You're not getting the tax benefits that you get from an EV. You're not getting the CO2 benefits, carbon dioxide benefits. You're actually ending up with something that isn't really in one camp or the other. Mm. Um, it's an it's an interim choice, but I would say don't do it. It's kind of like a comfort blanket, isn't it? It's a transition one, just to help people who are like a little bit scared to go from one to the other. But you're going to be wasting more or recharging more often because the car weighs more to start with. Yeah, a lot of the hybrids will only do 15 or 20 miles on a charge. Mm. Well, you talked me out of that one, even if I was into that one. Well, if you're going to go with an electric car, go all in. Yeah, yeah, do, yeah. It, do it or don't. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And if it's not right to do it today, wait a year or three yeah. and then do it. A lot of answers are coming out on battery technology as well. That's, they're getting better. I know Elon Musk is working on to make it even um, more storage charge less kind of thing this is really an informative and there's one car was made by manufacturers more just a showpiece where they actually put a nuclear power in it so you'd, you'd never really need to recharge it sounds fabulous but no, no one took it on but it was, it was a one-off kind of thing um the car i can imagine that would have been quite expensive to buy the car would wear out before the um the fuel would <laughs> <laughs> or the person would wear out before the fuel yeah yeah you're, yeah changing, yeah but it's um good concepts i mean Nuclear is changing a lot, um, and so we've got new power stations. So 2025 is going to be turned on. So yeah, be interesting I'm, I'm to see. Not, I have to say, I'm not a fan of nuclear power. I think it's got too oh. many. Too many. We have to do a podcast on this one actually, because there's been something come out on, on um, YouTube talking about nuclear power, and I kind of made me think. Oh, I didn't think about that actually. Lots of fun facts. So I have to cover that one day. Yeah, definitely. Subject I think we could return to Steve. This I think fascinating so. subject of electric cars. Yes. We're going to have to road test some electric cars. Yeah. 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 Indeed. Thank Steve, you. thank you very much. It's my pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Jack's Tech Talks. For more episodes, you can find us on Apple Podcast, Google and Spotify. Don't forget to subscribe to stay fully up to date. Also check out our new website, www.jacksgear.co.uk for more reviews and videos.